Welcome to Under the Skin with me, Russell Brand. Some are calling it Luminary's Finest Podcast. It's just me, actually, and I only said it then. This episode has a bloody good guest in it, a fantastic guest, Logan Paul, a pioneer YouTuber with over 20 million, 21 million subscribers, I think he's got. He's one of the most uh, successful YouTubers on the platform. He's had some controversy in his career, but I was fascinated to speak to him about he he was so candid about the nature of his success, the nature of fame, the emergence of new media about which some people are still somewhat snobbish. But he is an entirely new strain of celebrity, and I found him to be a sparkling, twinkling, bright exciting, engaging, charismatic young man and his success is no mystery to me but an obvious expression of his very traditional work ethic and a very clear understanding of how to use that medium and a great deal of humour and talent. I think you're going to enjoy listening to him. It's going to certainly give you an interesting perspective into some uh, the new modern phenomena. And I expect that many of you are fans of Logan's. I'm talking more to people that are my age who are like, YouTube celebrities? Where's Elvis Presley? I want to listen to Ray Charles. Can't you put a Harold Lloyd film on? I've got to go to me windmill and put me clogs on. Well, that's just Dutch people. Uh, so you'll enjoy that. Hey, listen, you, I'm coming to Australia, New Zealand and Canada with my new show, Recovery Live, in the new year. Tickets are on sale right now. Go to russellbrand.com for tickets. Make sure you sign up to my mailing list, also at the same address I just said, to be first to be told about other countries I'll be touring and gain exclusive mailing list only access to pre-sale tickets. Check out my YouTube channel for more spiritual videos and clips from the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get notified of new videos. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can do that. At Rusty Rockets, hashtag under the skin, that's Twitter. Instagram, at Russell Brand. TikTok, at Russell Brand. Oh yeah, I TikTok, baby. And LinkedIn, that's just Russell Brand again. Okay, so uh, here's some comments about, what did, what did you get comments from the last couple? What about um, Joe Windley and who is the other one that we did in the meantime, who was fantastic? Elizabeth Day, I loved Elizabeth Day. Here are some comments. It's from someone calling himself Ion5B or 5.8. I studied very early development at Burbeck and the notion of being a tabula rasa at birth has been totally discredited. I don't know what that means. What's that, a blank slate? What was fascinating to observe was how different babies are from each other at a very early age. Yeah, I'm sure that parents who have more than one child would have seen this very clearly. Yeah, I have. I've got more than one child. When children acquire language, pathways are laid down in the brain that are irreversible. In Lacanian terms, well done. Well done for mentioning Lacan. They have entered the symbolic order. This is brilliant. What a brilliant bit of communication to send us. The symbolic order isn't something that a person can opt out of and return to a pre-linguistic way of being. No, that's why you've got to meditate, baby. Get beyond. Transcend the linguistic world. The first, the, the, That's the first bit of coding. The connection between those two states has been severed forever. In a very real sense, we are language. Brilliant. Well done. Thanks for that. Bloody hell, mate. That's a, what a lovely thing to send us. What platform did that get sent on? Twitter? YouTube. Someone just said that on YouTube. Well done, you're going to love Logan Paul. It's going to knock your sockles off. Only a ride goes. This reminds me a bit of performative gender theory. Our presentation of identities are fluid. God, our audience are getting smarter by the second. Our presentation and identities are fluid and complex, and our tendency to disregard the grey areas and non-conforming perspective alienates us from a deeper understanding of ourselves and each other. You're also going to love the upcoming episode with Zaya Tong, who talks about the nature of reality from a scientific perspective. It's going to make you go all weak at the knee bone. Sparkling fame member Ember go, I find it hard to express my voice as everyone pushes me out of the way and talks over me. Great video, Russell. Bloody hell. I ain't got time for that one. <laughs> no, that's only a joke. Um, listen, you're fantastic. I'm sorry you're not getting heard. Don't let people push you out of the way, mate. Sorry we didn't have time for comments on Elizabeth Day. That's because Jenny, who works here, is what? There's no, no word for it other than lazy. Too lazy to include... Co- Don't look all downfallen like a Charles Schultz drawing of a boy by a piano all sad and droopy about Woodstock and Snoopy. She couldn't be bothered. She's been in Ireland, probably smoking crystal meth on a beach next to a washed-up trolley. Um, so, uh, so my apologies, Elizabeth Day, who has become friends with my wife and who is a very, very brilliant journalist and broadcaster. She was fantastic. Here's a, in fact, here's a comment about her. Russell, I loved your uh, podcast that you've done with Elizabeth Day. It was absolutely terrific. Your conversation about the uh, misogyny within the medical industry was extremely well handled by you as a broadcaster. You should consider doing it for a living. And that's from a Mr. R. Brand, Grace Essex. 
Thank, well, enough of that madness. Time for a podcast with me and Logan Paul on Luminary. Thank you. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. Logan, thank you so much for agreeing to do this conversation. We don't even know the, the destination of it yet, do we? No idea. At this point, we're so in the moment, spontaneous mm. guys, mm. that this could end up, uh, this is my hope, is it ends up on your YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, which comparatively, like the amount of noise and power your channel generates to mine, it would just, a, a pipsqueak shout in the background of the mighty bellow of the YouTube phenomena that you've created. Yeah, it's crazy. But also, uh, I don't think it would, I don't think it'd make as much noise if it wasn't you in this Real, conversation. Right, yeah. I, part I am a valued participant. <laughs> of massive value. It doesn't yeah. take a lot for me to get insecure, so thank you very much for saying that. Those, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. So like most people like uh, outside of your now extremely powerfully developed dynamic will mm. know you because you had that fight and stuff and because yeah. of controversial things yeah. outside of your milieu and your medium because yeah. you're famous in a new way you're YouTube famous you're a type of famous that 10 years ago didn't exist I'm in my 40s like I've come through conventional media mm. but like I know I've the seen young it people, I've seen it all seen that stuff I gotta say I gotta say I'm a fan I'm, oh, a, right. I'm a fan like, this is getting more relaxing for me by no, the no, second no, tr trust me I'm, I, when Andre brought your name up I was like It'd be an honor to sit down with them. I, I watched, uh, obviously, a lot of your stuff with Joe Rogan. I think your ability to articulate complex ideas is like second to none. Oh, wow. And yeah, no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be here, bro. So thanks for having me, Logan. Thanks very much for saying yeah, that. Yeah. And but um, I thank you gratefully and graciously, and also I thank Andre, the shapeshifter, <laughs> that has brought you here using yeah. his phantasmic abilities. Yeah. He was meditated by a, a woman that works with us called Kylie. Smiley Kylie. Smiley Kylie. Yes. Nice. And then you, you peculiar <laughs> man that moves between worlds, Andre, have generated. Do you move between for us. worlds? You can tell me. Yeah, he does. I think he does. Interdimensional travel. Yeah. So like, I suppose what I'd like to talk to you about is uh, there's a few areas. One is fame. One mm. is addiction. One is controversy. There's a mm. few things. And like, it's, it's, it's so lovely to me. You Tell me, how are you coping with, like, a, you're like 24, aren't you? 24, yeah. How are you coping with being sort of, like, I'm assuming that like four or five years ago, your life was different. Very, very different. Very different. Yeah, five years ago, I was, uh, not nah, six years ago, I was a, a student in college. Wow. And I thought I was going to be an engineer for the rest of my life. Industrial and systems engineer. I um I'm a nerd. I like to pride myself. Oh, you're a nerd. I like to pride myself on, on on studying and um getting the best grades I could in school. I got a I got a full academic ride to college. Stroking my ego for a sec. Full academic ride to college. Well done. Thank you for for engineering. So yeah, I thought I thought I was gonna um invent invent products and uh revolutionize efficiency in factories for the rest of my life. That's what I thought I was going to do. Engineering you. We're going to engineer. Yeah. Like, oh, look, this can we can do this in a much more efficient yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, wild, right? And and I've never had a... Uh, I've never had a mentor. Like, you kind of mentioned it. This this weird, like, path that um, myself, as well as a bunch of other influencers, creators, like, whatever you want to call them, it's it had never been done before. So we kind of, like forged we were like trailblazers in many ways and i've never had like a mentor which is actually why i was excited to sit down with you like you mentioned the fame the controversy the ups and downs of this weird like hollywood industry and like just being able to uh pick your brain about stuff that maybe i didn't have direction on uh, it, it excites me so well, i'm flattered that you would consider me in such yeah. a way and i'll be obviously honored to help you it's interesting because like even though like us like online spaces and the, the people that create content on them that's a sort of a novelty in the world of fame and celebrity and i'm thinking about let's say the when the music industry would have been mm. transformed by the transistor radio or by vinyl or by the advent mm. of television like but you know like that that always creates sort of iconic figures like so in some ways you're unconventional so oh, i just was going to be an engineer but in another way it's very recognizable you're a good looking man thanks, you're man. charismatic you're sweet as candy thanks, thank aren't you. you so in a sense it's like a very recognizable sort of path what's weird i suppose is the amount of control you have over your content it's like, tell me how you got into creating the stuff you create that's um <clears throat> that's the thing i think i might be most addicted to about what i do 
um, being a being a creator, essentially the control is in my hands. Um, and it was fascinating to come to Hollywood. And I came to Hollywood wanting to do what you did. I wanted to hop industries. I wanted to be an actor. I don't know what your original goal was, and I'd love to love to know. But when I came to Hollywood, it was I wanted to be a, a, a big actor. Um, and then you get on set, you have absolutely no control. It's hurry up and wait, and you have the creativity is no longer from here. And with the stuff that I do, I became addicted with uh, addicted to just producing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Like that, that is, that is an undeniable, uh, thing that I was attracted to with social media. And I think that's why I stuck with it for so long and I'm still on it. So you can just have an idea Mm. and then you can realize it. Do you have like what we would recognize as conventional production? Do you work with writers or producers? Do you brainstorm? I think we'll do something in Mm. them suicide woods or whatever. (laughs) Oh no. no, Is that a bad thing to mention? I know that was a controversy. (laughs) I know it was a controversy. Well, I mean, I, is it an unmentionable? No, no, no. I, I actually wanted to dive into that with you, but just the way you said it, I, I mean, you, you know, you're funny. You're, you're a yes. comedian, like, yeah. You, that was just the way you said it was. Was it good? It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. yeah, that's that's good. That's good. So, but with the with the generation of content, something like that, do you just yes. how, do, how do you how do you so, come to that idea? Because I love the pranks that he was. Do you know the thing that I wanted to mention to you is like Jackass, like when Jackass all like um them lads yeah. Johnny Voxville yep, yep, and all yep. them when they all came to it, Knoxville. Sorry, when they all come to England, like I was working for MTV. I was still a crack and heroin addict then, but I was like uh, working on MTV, so I did like like loads of promo for their show oh, and oh, helped oh, launch oh, their show. Okay. And I thought even though what they're doing. And it's all skate culture and hurting themselves and beating up on themselves. I thought there's something real punk and prankster about what they're doing. It's disruptor. Yeah. It's like very disruptive. And I feel like possibly you're interested in that kind of thing, creating sort of a, well, in French artistic, recent French artistic history, it called situationism, creating mm. unusual situations mm. that in themselves show up the absurdity of the everyday. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. The, the jackass guys were quite literally my inspiration as an eight-year-old to start making content like my first my first ever youtube video was called like logan does stunts and it was me like jumping off of like refrigerators like slapping my brother in the face with like a a ham uh inspired by the jackass guys and it's ironically enough like they've in a way bred a bred a jackass like you know i like Mm. to consider myself an evolved jackass but uh what what is what a point of evolution how is it how do you think it's moved on other than the medium obviously yeah the fact that you're creating and controlling the content skate culture they would have i guess been doing a version of that always but just on vhs is passed around i think uh i think honestly just it is it is a it's a maturity thing i've always been a late bloomer i've always been late to mature in my content i mean when you go back uh four or five years ago a lot of it's a lot of it is like cringe. It's high energy. It's fun, but it's just like this cringe, weird uh, version of myself that when I look back at, and I'm sure you feel like this too when you when you look back at your old stuff. I, I no, I don't, I'm cool, really cool. Yeah, I know you've always been cool. Must, <laughs> must be fucking nice, bro. He's got. I regret <laughs> things I've done this morning. <laughs> no, yeah, you, no, I know you've always been great. Mm. Not me. I wasn't born great. I wasn't. I wasn't the kid who was born with an innate talent or uh, with a golden spoon in his mouth. Like I, I had to learn and forge my way to become this likable guy um and 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 years and experience and again i'm only 24 so the Mm. the the 26 year old logan watching this interview will probably not recognize this kid but Ah, but, but, i was so innocent back then maybe i mean maybe (laughs) i'm serious though my my um my evolution over even a year two years five years is is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it must be changing quite radically because, again, even relating to the content, you can create all this content. It can evolve and it can change quite quickly. How did you get from the early prank uh, uh, jackass-inspired slapping your brother with, I think what you said was a ham, Um, a joint of pork-based meat? Yeah. Uh, how did you? What was your? What are your next steps? And when did you notice that it was starting to have an impact? Uh, way too late, to be honest with you way too late i i i was not focused on the impact of my content so much as just producing the next piece of crazy content i could i i I legitimately didn't did not think about the impact also didn't really care i think Mm -hmm. that's that was part of the 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 tokyo problem and the 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 japan problem right that's Uh, what we call it not suicide (laughs) woods (laughs) tokyo no but that's what it is i mean we can call it whatever Mm -hmm. that that, yeah that's what it is what happened there that was um, significant in my life for many reasons, but 
mainly because it took it it took that for me to realize that what what I was doing was so fucking wrong in that social media was creating a person that it was just not me. I was my only motivator was views. Mm-hmm. I wanted views. Because views equated to money, views equated to subscribers, which equated to success. And I started to skew the person that w- that was Logan Paul. Like like that kid that was on Vine, Logan, was now becoming this influencer who all he cared about was making the most noise that he could. And so the bigger, the louder, the faster, the better. And um, there was no forethought or foresight that went into the content we were creating. Yeah, it can be very seductive. <clears throat> and I still have to be quite observant of the impact of fame and money Mm. these are sort of powerful corruptors for people that have worked in entertainment ever since there's been an entertainment industry to get other people's approval to see your success Mm. escalating and also in my own experience to feel that there's a kind of disjunct between that external phenomena and how i feel Mm. inside Mm. i think any of us that lose our inner connection in favor of something that's happening externally even if that's something blunt and basic like drug addiction or something more abstract like fame and success Mm. you can start to what you said is lose connection with your essence a little bit absolutely your little child pure self as it were absolutely well it's like um for me specifically and i and i would i would caution anyone listening to this or watching this depending on what medium you're on to Smelling it. If you're smelling this podcast or tasting it, uh, it just I got in a cycle where my actions every day were reinforced by views. It was I knew that the crazy, the the crazier, more inappropriate things I did would get views, and so in my mind this was a good thing, and mm-hmm. um, I started chasing that, and I got sucked into the cycle. Like wh- what person? Everything I did was supported by an audience, and in my mind, that meant success. When reality, that's not that's not the case. Well, also though, you can take recourse to much more traditional media. If you think of like television or film or music, we know that sort of content that has a negative impact or content that's morally dubious can be continually created Mm. if, like, you know, according to your paradigm, it equates to success, views, money. And that's, you know, that's work that's done collaboratively with executives that have worked there for 20 years, not kids making it up on the hop with only their, your own instincts about what's right and wrong to guide you. Is it accurate to say that you had a, that you had a shift in the way you created in your life? Yeah. Because it was pretty evident to me, like, from an outsider, like I know now you're doing a lot more conscious, mm, conscious work and moral, I don't know how, like what's the way to put it? Like conscious comedy. Oh yeah, I like that. You've coined that, but I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, conscious comedy. Nice. Well done. You still got it. Now, like what I, what I reckon is uh, like for me, it was sort of comparable to you. Like I was older than you by the time I even got like recognition. I was mm. doing like stand up comedy and stuff. Then got a bit of recognition in the UK, mm. got a TV show. Mm. I was around 30 then, but then quite quickly got offered movie parts over here. And same as what you were saying, building up to your Japan situation, I started to value that more than... Because I felt a bit... To be honest, I felt untethered from any other reality. Plus, I've already been a crack addict and a heroin mm. addict mm. and had mental health issues my whole life. So when something so phenomenal and exciting and glistening is happening out there and there's all of the pr- approval and adulation, of course that becomes your primary reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fuck the inside world. Who Nothing cares about that? Yeah, you get, yeah. That's, a, that's the life you give up. But for me, like my journey, I suppose, like I, I can look at it now of a degree of fortune, is that like um, of uh, gratitude rather, is like um, like excuse me, one film in particular that I done that I was a lead in, like in Hollywood, things is defined by numbers. So I did a movie called Arthur, and that movie Arthur had to do a certain yep. amount of money, yep. or it's not a success. It didn't do that a certain mm-hmm. amount of money, so it wasn't a success. So then after that, I still made films, but it wasn't the continuing upward trajectory of like, and now more, and now more mm-hmm. stars, mm-hmm. and now more promiscuity. You know, it was just a kind of, oh, right, there's there's a ceiling, mm-hmm. you know. To yeah, this. yeah, yeah. And then I was able to reflect, plus I'd been sort of like, um, sort of hoovered 
somewhat into the world of celebrity because I was married to Katy Perry, who's like sort of obviously a massive pop star. So I was really present in in that whole world, mm. you know. And it's difficult to recognise normal domestic stuff. Like oh, I'm just a person that's going to die. I love this person with two people that are together. When all that stuff's going on, but as that became more and more challenging. And, and sort of basically painful, to be honest, to like, you know, in recovery, we say like that pain is the touchstone of learning. Mm. It's sort of telling you, you know, no, go this way, go this way, don't yeah. go that way. Yeah. You know, because of that, that's when I started like for, for directly after that sort of stuff started to feel like it was falling apart. I got involved in politics and in, in the UK commentating, doing YouTube videos actually on politics and it got picked up and it had a real influence. And before I knew it, I was uh, in, interviewing the guy that was running for prime minister in a mm. general election a few years back. But even that went crazy because my ego got involved in that again. Every time I start doing things because I want people to like me, it bombs out. So from like, it's almost like I've had it smashed out of mm. me mm. by experience. So have you pulled back then on... on like, how are, how are you managing that? Well, now what I'm trying to do is stay connected to, like, uh, luckily now I'm married, I've got two children. And mm. so, like, I've got this very real domestic life mm. where no one gives a shit, like, in, to an almost, I think, insulting degree about anything that I'm doing outside. <laughs> like, you know, like, no one even, they probably won't even ask, how did it go with Logan Paul? I'll go, they, they won't care. Some of them are too little to care. And my wife is, you know, in her 30s. Yeah. So... You know, so that's very grounding. The other thing is, is because of because of the program I worked around drugs, I've had realization after realization about mm. attachment to external things. Even though I'll always be attracted, in my case as a heterosexual, to females, I recognize there's nothing for me to gain by pursuing them and a lot for me to lose. You know, it means I objectify women. If I start getting into that mindset, yep. I could hurt my wife yep. and ruin my family. Yep. Same with fame. Even though it, fame seems attractive, I recognize now because of some of those punches I've endured mm. that is not going to work for me it will lead to disappointment it will lead to alienation and so I'm trying to do things that as you said a conscious comedy trying to stay awake myself and communicate these messages from a space of fallibility not from the hey I'm sussed now I'm sorted I'm at the yeah. mountaintop like sort of me as a person like I'm still fucking up all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is what works for me <clears throat> running with the uh running with the idea leading with the idea of sort of like a I don't know which right. which which we do and I and, and and I and I, I love I love living that way. Like I I am, the the more I can learn and the more I can admit to, not knowing and just doing my best and just trying to be as present as possible. Obviously, the better. But I I wanted to ask you about your relationship with You've your. You've really hijacked this interview, haven't you? Like I mean, well, you're in charge I'm, of it now. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like talking about myself, and, well, and I think you're much more interesting than me. <laughs> well, I don't know that that's true, and I think the the figures will show it. Because, like, listen, I'll do your I'll do your next your next question, but you've got to do my one. What about that? Right. Um, so, can you tell me, like, leading up to like, I know it was a big controversy for you. Yeah. What What do you think you were doing stuff that was a bit shady up until then? Oh, like, for you know, sure. So, for what sure. sort of videos do you think oh, I shouldn't have done that? And yeah. t and tell yeah. me where you went wrong with that Japan thing. You can totally see see the build up. Um, because like I said, it was just like uh, everything I did was even bad behavior was reinforced by people that wanted to see it, whether they liked it or hated it. It just, they would come and they'd say, Oh, this, what like, can you give us a couple of examples? Examples. Yeah, sure. Um, we went to Sicily, Italy, uh, Sicily's the, um, no, not Sicily. Uh, what's the, what's the water? Venice, right? Yeah. The water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my brother and I, we, 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 we jumped into the, the river in Venice and it was just like, kind of like a disrespectful, like, ignoring the culture and like someone was yelling at us in Italian he's like yo you can't you can't be doing that and I was like yeah okay great and I like jumped off in my boxers naked in the middle of Venice Italy um and then even a couple days before Japan we were running around dressed in like Pokemon costumes just like throwing Pokeballs at people just like just like a, com a complete and utter disrespect of both people and specifically the culture of Japan which at the time it just I I I I, I don't know how that didn't cross my mind which is why I look back at those videos and I'm like it is very clear to see see the very negative side of me that I believe, and you know, I don't want to create excuses. It's probably there's probably a handful of childhood trauma that caused me to be the way I am. Uh, but it was very easy to see the negative side of me that social media had had probably helped forge. Right, it started to become transgressive, like the stuff you did, because like pranks require a degree of transgression. But I suppose there's a difference between you know like stuff where it's your, your friends or your brother or whatever. You know, when you dislocate yourself into Venice or into mm. Tokyo or whatever, mm. then you you might be making cultural errors that the, you're not aware of. Especially when we're traveling all the time. The the, wor the word is disrespect. 
We, mm-hmm. we, it, it, it was, <coughs> we believed, and my, and my brother did this too. Like he got, he got, it was a mutual embarkment from the Disney channel. I don't know how, how much you know about Jake, but he was on a Disney show for two years and he was vlogging at the time and he just did some disrespectful shit and he, <laughs> he got let go from, it was a mutual like, Hey, I, I don't want to be in your show anymore. And hey, yo, you can't be on our show anymore. They shook hands, <laughs> they left. Um, it was, it, yeah, just, just blatant and utter disrespect. Was this stuff that you were doing together to both of you? It was even worse. Like you can imagine, you, you, like you thought, I'm I'm bad. There's fucking two of me. Right. So, right. Like, so and, and and in a way, a lot of the stuff we were doing was entertainment for children ages like eight to maybe like twenty four. People who didn't really maybe understand respect and um culture and like a worldly knowledge of what is right and wrong mm. but it, adults who saw our content are like what what the fuck is this and i'm telling you right now like i i tried to watch a video that i last night that i made from like f- three four years ago i just ca- i can't do it what was it i can't watch my old vlogs this was this one was bad this one was bad you've had to have a little drink to i had i had to i had to remove it from youtube actually um <laughs> I, I faked my I faked my death. Of course, I faked my death in front of in front of my fans, like, like young fans. I faked my death. Hey, you're a, you're a pioneer. I was about to say you're sort of YouTube Elvis, but in a sense, it's like YouTube Johnny Rotten. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Death. It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, what um, technique? Asphyxiation. This, so this is what makes it bad. This is what makes it. Can't you can't do that? Uh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I had my friend. Okay, so I I lived in an, an apartment. I was on the eighth floor, and across the way was a uh, I think a five floor five story parking garage. And I started vlogging, and I, I had a very quick come up on YouTube. And so fans realized where I lived, and they would stand at, on top of the parking garage across the way, and just wait for me to appear in the window. And I wave at them, Logan, hey. What? So eventually, since I was um, I put them in videos. And they thought it was it was cool to show up, and they mm. wanted to be on, on on camera and to be in the vlog. And eventually, there was like fifty to hundred kids that would stand around the parking garage. And so I was like, one day, I was like, I'm gonna teach them a lesson not to spy on people. Because mind you, I'm on the eighth floor, but there's also eight f- floors of people, a whole built like fifty to hundred people who are being watched by fifty to hundred kids a day. Mm. Um, so I had my friend come up to me up up behind me as I was waving at my fans one day in a in a in a burglar mask, uh, and he had a shotgun. And he cocked the shotgun and pulled the trigger, and I hired a guy to, like, splatter like a gallon of blood on the. It. It was. The more I talked, the more I realized how just blatantly inappropriate this is. But yeah, it, it, I'm gonna stand up for myself for one second. If the if the fans and the people across the way weren't so young, I, I don't think this would have been that bad. But the fact that there are children, like. Right. It's not great. It's not I great. see. I tell you, like, I was just thinking while you were saying that that if that if you were a performance artist, that would be like, whoa, that's pretty transgressive idea. But mm. because I suppose the rules of the medium you were working in are yet to be established. No rules. No rules. No rules. Doesn't matter. There's... So it's so it becomes kind of amorphous and a little bit confusing because some of the stuff you were saying there about respect, of course, respect is very important, but it's also an idea that's used to create dominion and control, oppression of of say women or mm. different. You know, like you know, the, the idea of respect and institutionalization, it can be is not is something that can be challenged and should be challenged because yeah. otherwise there will be no progress, there would be no change. But you know, like, but I suppose when you're, I, I recognize what you were saying. It's like a mere culpa. I shouldn't have done that thing, and mm. I shouldn't. Have, so, but I, it's a really, it's a very unique and interesting journey you're on because you're not working as a straightforward like a stand up like Kevin Hart, where people go, oh, ten years ago you did these tweets, yeah. or you're not working even as a visual artist or a musician yeah. where you're where there's a, a tact on narrative that people can go this is how you're supposed to behave it's sort of pioneering in it because the territory is all new well also yes it's scary it's also nice because um like kevin for example he well he got he got fired from hosting the oscars yeah it was the the oscars right because because of the tweets so in in a way he's a bad example because he's he's very uh He's differentiated in, in, in many ways and he doesn't need that job. Right. But 
as a creator, I'm not, I don't, I don't have a job. I'm not hired by anyone. So although I can get canceled, like unless people stop watching my content, which if I keep creating content, they just, they won't. There's no, there's no, it's no real repercussion. Like, like, yes, I, I, I got removed from Google Preferred, which is YouTube's high-end um, monetization program. It's probably too late by then, right? I mean, it's just like, that's, it, it wasn't how I make the majority of my money. It's, not, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm going to survive. I'm going to be okay. Um, there, and, 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 and until Tokyo, there was no, like, I, I'm saying there's no real repercussion for my actions. There's no slap on the wrist from anyone. Because there is no anyone. Because in a sense, it's just a, co- a corporate, like, in a sense, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the money is generated through ad revenue. And as long as people are placing ads, there, there is no one, like, sort of standards and practice. It's all a Nothing. very new territory. Yep. Yep. Pretty fascinating. So to, just to say that we've covered it because we tagged it so many times, what happened in Tokyo? As far as and then we'll be yeah, like like what like my understanding is you went to a place where there, there's a it's a conventional spot for people taking their own lives and you pretended to find a body is that if I, if I understood it I, I wouldn't use the word pretended found a body right oh that's pretty heavy yeah that is heavy yeah so um, so right yeah and what happened then what happened to you as a result of that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't great um it's it's. <sighs> I'm still I'm still to this day um feeling the repercussions of that more so internally I think and, and maybe I'm optimistic in saying saying this but like most of the world has has moved on um especially because I, I really do believe you're you're only as good as the last greatest thing you did and for me it was the fight and before mm. that it was the other fight and so in many ways I've been able to, I've been blessed with the opportunity to uh prove myself beyond just that kid who did that one thing yes um but there was an extreme extreme internal shift about who i was becoming i i was at a fork in the road in my life and i chose the wrong path and went up it for a long time so tokyo happened and i had to literally press the the rewind button on my life and go back to a spot where i was like okay I, i i think i know who i am let's try this again I think I was I think I was 22 years old. I was like let's 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 try this again. Let's let's do everything I possibly can to 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 change who I am. That was when I went vegan. I went vegan for 4 months. I uh I got a girlfriend. I settled down. I I, I took up boxing. I just tried to regiment and routine and make a routine for myself so I could find myself again. Mm. And uh I believe I did. I believe I did. And like I said, I'm still I'm still on this journey. Um but yeah, there was, there was, it, it was, there, it led to an extreme shift in in me. Was it the first time that people, like sort of politicians or any? Did you get outside forces involved, media, outside forces, and that kind of thing? It, yeah, it was, it was, it was the first time. It was the first time I was denounced by everyone on the planet. Everyone. How, that, how, the planet. how did that feel? Your peers, politicians, my peers. It was, it was horror. It was horrifying. It was the worst moment of my life. It was, just, yeah. And how did you? So you, you said like that in a sense you've gave yourself a kind of therapy the therapy of like changing your diet changing your yep. lifestyle yep. settling down yep. and st- starting to reevaluate everything yeah and were you able to do that through your content as well so like, no i i actually I, st- I stepped back from the content right. i stepped back from the content because i the, the more i was changing the more i was realizing that this 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 character of, of like logan paul vlogs is, is just not me and there, we have footage of me on camera just like becoming frustrated with having to f- having to fake this energy on camera hmm. it, it, it put me into like a like a like a mild depression i'm, I'm not and, and i'm not I'm, I'm blessed to say i don't like suffer from uh clinical depression but i was very sad for a very long time and i tried to ignore and i couldn't and it was it was evident in my content hmm. and, I, and i just i i i vilified myself i self-sabotage and it I got just just a really it was it was like it was it was the worst part of my life and it forever will be the worst part of my life, but it led it also led to an extreme shift that I'm 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 very happy with I'm I I I love myself right now and I love the person that I I have become and the person that I am becoming. Um, How did you get there? Th- through a series of extremely high highs and extremely low lows, ups and downs. And and then surrounding myself with the right people who who help me get on the right path. Like I t- I told you in the, at the at the beginning, like I've never really had a mentor. I've never had someone who I can call call up and say, 
like this is how I'm feeling. What do I do? And it yeah. was it was a, I'm sure you've had this moment. It was a very disappointing mom and dad. I'm so sorry. It was a very sad moment in my life when um, I could no longer rely on my parents for for practical life advice, given the circumstances that I'm living in. And of course, this is a necessary mythic transaction that happens on the journey of manhood or adulthood is that there's a point where your parents are, can't do that job anymore and you have to find you know like it, you have to find the mentor you have to find something that's going to help you across the path that's yep. going to help you to make those decisions did you um do you have any other behavioral or substance misuse issues have you ever got out of control with food or drugs or um, pornography or sex or anything like that <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm trekking when you uh, look to Andre the shapeshifter. Uh, it's because we because we laugh we laugh he, we live together and we, there's six of us in the house and we right. laugh about we laugh about one of the things you said. So the answer is no. Um, I love to party. Uh, I, I'm I'm sober now, but mm, well and, and I'll, I'll go I'll go on and off. Um, mm. Especially when I'm training for fights, like you know, three four months sober, and then after the fight we rage hard so, as fuck. So it's not really an issue for you. You're not doing things with drink or drugs that cause you to mess your life or anyone else's nope. life up. Minus one thing. That, that the he he and my roommates make fun of me for sometimes sex dude sex I I I would argue I'm not addicted but is denial the first step I don't, I don't fucking know I don't know well I would say that if something has a sort of a compulsive hold on you and that if you're in a situation like they say if you want to know if you're addicted to something see what happens to you when you can't do it like and what that does to you physically and what it does to you mentally now sort of a young man your age for whom i imagine there's no shortage of willing sexual partners there's nothing morally or ethically wrong with it i don't think there's anything morally or ethically wrong with taking heroin like if you can handle it and you can you're not causing problems to yourself and other people it's only if like the definition for sexual addiction is is it causing is it upsetting the people that you're sleeping with maybe they have some the thing i discovered as a person in a public eye with a uh you know with a profile or whatever yep. with a reputation is there's a sort of a bit of an imbalance in the power that can be difficult to address Absolutely. because people are attracted to you that maybe otherwise wouldn't be and Absolutely. you don't have to do so much stuff to you, you, create the, that situation the 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 work you have to put in to have sex is is it, like it's it's cheating it's like a cheat code I, yeah. I I don't I don't know if it's and plus you're so young and good looking. I at least have to do <laughs> ten years of recognizing. <laughs> oh, this is reality. Nobody's interested. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. When I was younger, yeah, and I was also very shy and insecure about uh. my body and stuff like that. So when I got famous, it was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. It's, all the it's all People want to sleep yeah, with me. Yes. I kind of like I sort of went a bit mental. Yeah, it was. I don't. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's a fine line between like being addicted to sex and just like. Like what? What guy wouldn't utilize this weird? Like I'll use the word power that I've been blessed with because of this fucking fame clout thing. Yeah. And so, so I, so I don't know. I possibly there will be a journey comparable to the other external things that you've talked about. At least I found that to be my experience. Initially, I thought, well, all these people want to sleep with me, and I want to sleep with all these people. So this is a great situation. But over time, I begin, like well, personally, most of my things begin quite selfishly. I start to feel a little bit lonely. Then I start to think, mm. is it fair or right that I'm sleeping with these people? And you know, like it's like that's how it sort of incrementally happened. I, I, I really do truthfully believe. I'm there right now in my life, mm. I, which, which I'm happy it's happening at this age. I just like, I did, I did, I did it all. I did it all of it. I'm kind of just, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to have a baby. <laughs> well, you're looking at me with those blue eyes. It's very difficult not to try and think perhaps I'll get a womb implant. Now, like, um, this is what I think then. Now, tell me then. So you're, you're that. It's really good. You've, I think this is a really interesting journey you're on. You've had, it's had nadirs, you know, like giddying highs, terrible low points, a sort of a progression towards that act that you regarded yeah. as a transgression. And then now you're on a journey of discovery and an incredible power. Because just while you were talking, I was thinking, oh, it's like yours if you're 
like uh, NBC or something, but you're just a person because yeah. you've got access, direct access, access to the audience, and no one can step in and go, "Hey, if you want access to that audience, yeah. you're going to have to act this way or do this." That you're going to have to find that. In a sense, you've got no choice but to go on a spiritual journey because there's going to be no external regulator except your own impulses, your own instincts, and possibly negative circumstances. Unless you find something that feels true and real to you, and in my experience, that's like the discovery of service, being of service to other people, mm-hmm. and finding a real connection within yourself that that means you no longer require external validation in the quite the same way i heard, I heard you say that on on uh i think i think it was rogan's podcast and i i hope in the near future to have a a revelation like that and and being able to truly live it because like you know a mission of service i just being truthfully honest right now uh like I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm at a, like a semi selfish point in my life right now. I'm 24 years old. I'm, I'm heavily investing into myself and my future. And while I, while I love being of service when I can, I do it. I do it in a way that maybe, maybe still serves my mission. Um, yeah. I One like, of my mentors says enlightened self interest a lot of the time that we're sort of often our self interest is. You know, because it's kind of almost natural. We're not saints or deities, you know. Well, I think I I I read somewhere like every human acts on selfish impulses. Even even when you are being of service, and and maybe like maybe rebuttal me here, but I even when you do an act of kindness or something philanthropic, why are you doing it? Just to do it. Just, just to, mm-hmm. just to, just to make other fe- people feel better. No, like you, you probably feel good doing doing it too. And it's, it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean the thing you're doing is is bad. But the the selfishness, and take that word word with a grain of salt. Not necessarily like the the dictionary, like the connotation of it. Uh, comes from knowing that it's going to make you feel good. That's true. And in a sense, the program that I was taught is a kind of hack in the sense that you get to the point where. You recognize, all right, I have to continually be of service to others in order to feel this way. Nothing else will work. Money won't work. Sex won't work. Mm. Fame won't work. Other people's approval won't work. But when I, other people go, I'm really grateful to you. You really helped me there. I sort of, it, it addresses the very thing that motivated my former behaviors, a sense of sort of a deep sense of not being good enough, being worthless and sensing that if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. Now, you talked a little bit about childhood trauma but mm. I, I pick up your parents are sort of still together and stuff what 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 um what kind of difficulties and challenges do you uh, did you have in your early life and also what is it that do you feel that there's something you're trying to redress about yourself uh did you say redress address maybe redress. um <laughs> I, I the more i uh evolve and mature the more i realize truly how much my childhood and especially the trauma has shaped who i am i i had i had everyone every single person is is shaped uh drastically by childhood trauma and i did not i did not know how much that that sticks with you for the rest of your life so when i was young um my parents went through a very very nasty divorce and I lead with comedy. I don't, I don't really take myself too seriously, so I'd always, I'd always joke about it. And you know, like two Christmases and everything. I had a stepdad, and my my dad had a, a like multiple girlfriends. One one, her families had moved in with us, so I had like a family of like stepbrothers and stepsisters sisters at one point. And, and I didn't realize how much <clears throat> that shaped who I was, shaped who I was today. Mm. Um, and yeah, just like there were points where maybe my parents were a little too aggressive with me. Um, because their parents were aggressive with them. I think, I think, I think the biggest thing that it affected was my vulnerability and empathy. How do you mean? Specifically from my dad's side. What you, if you didn't feel it safe being vulnerable? Never. Oh. No, this was Ohio. This was. You don't be vulnerable in Ohio. Living in the woods. I'm in Ohio (laughs) and I'm feeling fragile. (laughs) Get the fuck out then. I mean, I mean, I'm not. The Midwest, in many ways, I think we're in like a weird shift of culture right now, where people are, are praising uh, the ability to feel, mm. because as, as they should, by the way. And I'm learning that coming out here, and I'm still learning it. I think my my last girlfriend really helped me understand the power of being uh, empathetic and caring and, and leading with kindness, which was not which I, I can't say that was like a that was a forethought I had coming into Hollywood. It my, mine was like. Yo, I'm gonna put my head down and run through that fucking wall as hard as I possibly can, and that's the way I'm gonna be successful. And that's just how that's how I all my content every day, just blasts of energy, and that's how I figured I was gonna take over. 
Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's not, uh, in a sense, that's a, a culturally accepted modality, isn't it? That the way you get success is through drive, through energy, through power, through glorification of the individual. You don't worry about vulnerability and empathy. Mm. Forget all that. That's going to inhibit your ability to be competitive and mm. successful. Mm. So it's understandable that you think that. There are many traits, I think, that, or say, uh, tropes we live out and before recognizing hang on a minute this i was taught this culturally like when i started to look at my own like yeah i would really like to be famous and successful and and be promiscuous does that idea exist in culture yeah it does mm. you're bombarded with yeah, that yep, idea yep. continually yep. every time every motor car every uh, a commercial is using sort of sex and desire and fear is used mm. you know that like we're continually invited to live on the level of sort of blind animal desire, yeah. uh, mindless fear. Yep. These are sort of things that are stimulated. And given the uh, potency of your reach and audience, like you have the opportunity to, uh, ob uh, what do I want to say, uh, avoid those kind of frequencies. Yeah, yeah, you I can agree. communicate from a position of vulnerability, empathy, and love. I and agree. People are going <clears> to <throat> feel it. The one thing I'm, not, many things I'm thankful for, but one thing I am very thankful for about uh, my platform and my come up and my ups and downs is I hope to be a beacon that people can look at and base some of their heavy, heavy, important decisions on, 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 on the way that I've moved in my life, good or bad. Whether If I can be a model in any way, like, oh, Logan did that. Mm. I, I shouldn't do. Oh, Logan did that. I, li I like I like the way he, he, he uh, navigated that part of his life. Like th that, my parents only knew so much. I did not have a mentor. I only I I only knew what I knew, and there was no there was no me. There was no person making the mistakes on on my level or or successes on my level that I that I could look up to at the time. So if I can if I can in any way um, influence people to live their life in a way that like they 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 truly believe is right i i'm i'm blessed and thankful for that opportunity yeah. in the social space i think you're already sort of on that path it sounds like tell me more about the fighting i, I recognize that you got into it as a kind of a response to yeah. feeling that that sort of personal low there and how did it escalate to the point where you're having bouts because like, i like uh jujitsu and stuff like that oh nice do, do you train yeah bjj but nice. i'd be i'd be very frightened to just like you know i thought that was less a lot of front you know doing them public fights and stuff yeah I respect that and how did you get yourself there and what was it like yeah uh it's weird it's it's, it's i came out to hollywood and my goal was always to be the biggest entertainer in the world it doesn't mean be the biggest actor doesn't mean the biggest youtuber i just wanted to, i just wanted to entertain on like a massive massive level like i would i would argue like dwayne johnson or kevin hart are doing like a good job of like a, a model that I'd like to sh maybe shift a little bit, but sort of follow. And uh, so when I was at this really low point in my life, I was I was given this opportunity to to become a fighter. And I, I put my head down. I learned boxing. And five months later, I had my first fight. Then I had my. How did the first one go? It was a tie. It was a tie. Which how was many rounds? Six, six rounds, six three minute rounds. How did, what was it like? Boxing. It was. It was. It was insane. It was insane. The scope of the event was absolutely um, mind-boggling. I, 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 I couldn't understand, I guess, why, why people were so fascinated by this. Um, but there's a serious appetite for like hand-to-hand -hand combat. And pe people love to see people fight for whatever reason. And I, I also fell in love with the sport. Like I did combat sports in high school. I did jujitsu. I did wrestling. I played football. I, lo I love athletics. And there was a point in my life where I wanted to be an MMA fighter, but um, I was, I was, I was, just, I was just too smart. I, I, like I said, I'm a nerd. So knowing that I could just like study and like save my brain, I decided to um, do that instead. When you were in the ring for the for the fight, you know your first fight, mm. did you? experience or feel things that you didn't anticipate feeling like uh, maybe levels of fear of uh, like you know or highs what was it like that's a good question um there, there was the, the one thing in both fights that i noticed is just the first fight just how present i was mm. i had never been as grounded in my life and in, in a moment of like this is really happening <laughs> this i've i've seen this on on tv i've seen I've I've watched UFC my whole life. I watch boxing. I watch sports. I couldn't believe that I was the person in the ring that everyone was looking at. I went to the Staples Center yesterday for a Kane Brown concert. 
three months ago, I sold out the Staples Center and was boxing in the middle of it. Being at the Staples Center and looking around, and, and I go, holy, holy shit. I just fought right there in front of like all these people. It was the most trippy experience of my life because I very much so truly do believe I'm just like a kid from Ohio who happened to like making videos in a time where people happened to like watching videos. And now I'm now I'm a professional boxer who is selling out the Staples Center and I, I, my life in many ways, speaking from the last fight, became a movie. The last fight, I didn't feel present. The last fight, I felt for the first time in my life, I had no control with what was happening. Wow. I, I, an out-of-body experience. We are caught, we are trapped in a 20 by 20 foot ring and I'm the, I'm the one putting on the show. The lights are on us. Everything I do, every move I make is being heavily scrutinized, watched, and will affect the outcome of this event. Yeah, that's a, that's a real serious situation because I think any fight is a difficult situation to be in because you're confronted with someone else's primal energy. Like, they're like, oh my, this person's going to hurt me. Who wants to... That's the, what they've been training for two years to do. Just hurt, just destroy you. Yeah, and then <laughs> there it is. And all, that's, all there, there is between you and that is yourself and whatever you yeah. can get together. Yeah. You know, and like, so I think you know, that's, a, that's pretty powerful to be willing to do that so doing it in the context you know particularly as you I suppose not you obviously haven't had a conventional journey to that point mm. of oh, I was doing these amateur bouts I had 20 fights at this level yeah. I've done this and yeah. I trained with these people at that gym you kind of it's a it's a unique path very very it's a and I have to I, I it's, it's it was a cheat code in a way it because you have boxing is an extremely hard sport you have boxers who have worked their whole lives their whole lives and are not seeing the paychecks or the the fandom that we managed to garner for my first professional fight. And so I have to empathize with the the athletes who are putting everything on their life or everything on the line every day of their life. Um yeah, we in many ways I was able to skip the line. Yeah, and it's not your fault that you found this innovative pathway, you know, that you were put into. You just did what happened, you know. Yeah. Like, I do think sometimes in one of the uh, challenges with individualism, like, you know, when I've met to, met very successful people and they've gone, well, you know, I did the work or whatever. I remember having a conversation with a really, really successful movie star and him saying, like, about how hard he worked. And I said, yeah, but you didn't give yourself the ability to work that hard that's just in you mm. that's like being born with a massive dick or like, it's like it's just a thing you've got like for free yeah. you know so like you know and so but nonetheless your conditions like just because there are you know fighters out of detroit that have had to go through xyz in order to get their shot it just means well you you were a fusion of a few different industries yeah. but what was it like did you get uh in the second fight did you get hurt was it like physically hurt or emotionally hurt what was it like not uh not not even remotely no um so yeah the first fight was a tie so kind of like let's let's sweep it under the rug like how do you feel after a tie i don't know indifferent maybe a little disappointed but right. the second fight was i don't know if you know i lost Right. I lost. I lost a fight by a controversial call via the ref. Took points away, decision. Points. It was a split decision. Oh. I lost. Uh, the ref, I lost by one point. The ref. The ref took away two points. Oh, for what an infringement. Of some yeah, kind. he he was down and, I, and I, he he. I, so I knocked him down. I hit him with an uppercut. I knocked him down and then I I tapped him in the back of the head. Because uh, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a fight. I'm trying to I'm trying to fucking kill this guy. Yeah, so I tapped him to the manage. Particularly, I suppose that's another thing about experience. You've not got ten years of nope. knowing. No you know, idea. make sure just walk away at that moment. Mm. It, 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 but in boxing, there's rules. Right, it's a sport. You, you can't hit the person in the back of that. Oh, even M even points. even MMA in many ways, like he, he, the the move would have been fine. But yeah, so I lost, and <laughs> this is interesting. So we're standing there. And my hand isn't raised. Took the L. Um, for about f 10 seconds, I was pretty, I was pretty sad. It stung. Like, ow. I, I, I said to my brother, I turned to him, I was like, ow. Ow, this hurts. I'm in pain. He's like, you good? I was like, no, I, ow, ow. And then I was fine. <laughs> and then I was fine. It was, it was, it, I, I took a, a very, Heavy loss, although although like sort of contra controversial, but it didn't feel like I had lost. And maybe you could help me here. 
The conclusion that I reached was, I have become so comfortable with losing. Ever since Japan, ever since the next controversy I had after that, ever since the next scandal I had after that, I, in many ways, am absolutely unaffected by losing. So I knew when my hand wasn't raised, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm probably going to be fine. I'm, I'm, I've, I've bounced back before from like a real loss, from a real, from a real low, and, I, and I'm going to be okay. So I, I believe I've maybe gotten complacent with, with losing, and I'd like to go back to a point where, that I, where when I first came to Hollywood, I was so hungry, and all I wanted to do was win, and, and there, was a, there was a massive succession of wins. And now it's like, I think that energy has served you, isn't it? It's delivered you to this place. And in a sense, complacency around losing or complacency around results, I understand from a kind of an individualistic and materialistic perspective how that could be regarded as negative. But from a kind of a place of strength and inner connection, being able to accept that in reality things sometimes don't go your way sounds like huge progress. And I feel like you might be a point, Logan, where you have to really watch the events that happen in your life, like I suppose all of us do, but perhaps not in such a pronounced and... um, mythically vivid way and see where you're being led by it Mm. where you are being led like oh if you're going to continue down that fighting path then you know there's going to be all sorts of expertise and training and diligence or if it's going to be another discipline within fighting Mm. you know or if it's going to be recognizing where have you had the most success and where is it trying to go there are a lot of people that believe sort of comparative mythologists people that compare different folklores religions and faiths mm. that that there are sort of continual universal or perennial messages that occur throughout all of them and that one of the ideas is that all of us have this innate thing this essence that's trying to realize itself and little things happen your parents get divorced and like oh shit i've gone i've yep. gone off track or someone offends you insults you abuses you violates you and you go off track but you know we find our way we find our way and I, I feel that when you said that about like feeling able to process and manage the loss I didn't think oh no this dude's complacent I thought wow this person is strong you know able to handle that because as you said it was like sort of quite circumstantial and I feel like that the message I would be tempted to take from that is what is it you want to do? Where do you want to take this now? Because in a sense, the amount of influence you've got in your milieu and the areas in which you're dominant, I think will mean you probably be able to do whatever you want. If you want to, you know, people mm. will cast you in movies mm. just for the promo power of mm. it. And you know, yeah. so if that's something you want to pursue, you'll be able to pursue it. If you want to get into public speaking, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to do anything. So in a sense, I suppose one of your primary responsibilities is going to be making sure that you are in touch with yourself and that you're surrounded by people that aren't too excited by the phenomena and the ephemera that's around you so that you don't, as a young man with a lot of opportunities, and as you said, having transcended the group that created you, your family of origin now can only do so much for you. So you're going to have to keep a good tribe around you and listen to yourself like yeah. learn to listen to yourself and then run it by other people good though because if you're like i'm gonna have another fight i'm gonna have another fight i mean i don't know what you're gonna you're doing in terms of your career yeah i think i'm have another fight keep fighting man yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever it is that you know that, that you're into but it's, it sounds like you're cultivating a good inner connection in any event i'm trying and you said you said you said trust yourself mm. and like I, I i always try to like provide value for the listener and not get too uh, removed from like real life because I truly do believe like especially LA this is like a, this is a bubble um, I I don't know if I'm at the point where I can 100% trust myself now right now because of because of, of I'll blame my youth and my inexperience I, I would like to believe I'm close but like what why do I make mistakes why does anyone make mistakes maybe you trusted yourself too much and, and that's why I have him around me and that's why I have Andre. shape-shifting Andre, and that's why I have people around me who who I can I can weigh my decisions or help weigh my decisions with me. So so I'm I'm making the right moves. Um, yeah, I, that, that sounds very very sensible. Do you meditate? That's what she said. That's what she said. That's literally what she said. No, I, I I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. Do you have pray? Me. Uh, no. Are you? Ha- I, I you... speak to the universe. That's I, all right. I, I manifest. How can we not? Yeah. <laughs> We're stuck in the middle of the bloody thing. Um, <laughs> like how, how um how like how like how is your general serenity calmness levels? You're not you know you're not doing crazy erratic stuff or not 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 anymore mm. not anymore. The moment I, I I put down the camera from like the daily uh, daily vlogging that like hypnotic 
stage or just uh, shoot, edit, repeat, shoot, edit, post, repeat. <laughs> the the more the more I've uh, I have calmed down. Granted, I have bursts of energy. I'm still a fucking psycho, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I'm 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 ve- I'm very I'm very happy, complacent, and uh, I don't know what's what a good word. Is. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you sound like you're connected. You're like, it's like sometimes you talk to people, or I, I talk to people, and I think, oh my god, I need to step in and really help this individual. You know, normally there's some real obvious manifestation: drink, drugs, excessive sexual behaviour, self-harming, continual. Con- you know, like, but it sounds to me like you're navigating it very successfully and like doing really, really well. I mean, I'm sure you would develop uh, benefit from some of the stuff that like I'm you know interested in systems of personal development personal inventory prayer and meditation but like again that pathway happens at your uh, your own sort of pace are you are you religious yeah yeah but like i like i believe in sort of everything i believe in like you know that thing i mentioned to you perennialism looking Mm, for the common trends in various religions and what those ideas might mythically mean i'm interested in having an interface with the world that is beyond the senses knowing as we do that we only see within a limited light range only Mm. hear within a limited audio range that there is a vibrations and frequencies that are inaccessible to us also in the microscopic and sub-particular world there is sort of lawless phenomena phenomena happening neutrinos tiny tiny particles of what we can only really compare to light and out in the macro world sort of be multi-universes phenomena that's difficult for us to sort of comprehend Mm. what i've come to recognize is our individual animalistic experience as humans as mammals is so limited that there are there are real practical phenomena out there which to us seem like magic and Mm. the consciousness itself the very be the very fact of being experiencing reality is a kind of miracle and that you can interface i think with super physical forces through your own consciousness so that's a kind of religious idea because that's like petitioning to a higher source no he said a lot there <laughs> he said a lot he said a lot and i and I, I i believe i'm following and i love that mindset um if someone were to ask you like what is your what is your religion like what do you what do you say do you have an answer do you say i'm spiritual I go like um, I'm trying to like I feel like I'm trying to just overcome the battle of my own ego trying mm. to overcome the battle of what I want and it's a daily thing like you know today I've done stuff where I think oh shit man I shouldn't have done that that was a stupid thing to say you know it happens all the time yep. with me like that's where in a sense you're lucky if you've got a plain vanilla addiction like you've been a heroin addict your behaviour has created such obvious problems that you now for the rest of your life recognise that you're capable of being a mm. dick and you have to and you <laughs> learn how to watch yourself plus it's a habit that will kill you so when it's replaced by something less obvious like, you know, sort of sex or porn or food or codependency or caring too much about work, you know. So in a sense, my ideology, I would say my ideology comes from sort of recovery. Recover the person you're intended to be. Awaken Uh, to who you're trying to become. uh, His girlfriend says it all the time. Reclaim your power. Ah... Ah, <laughs> Andre's girlfriend. She would have a solution. She's there at the arm of the mystic. She, she meditates. Of course she does. Yeah. Why would she not? Yeah, she's a meditator. She needs a bit of peace from Andre. Shifting shapes every few seconds. Oh, they, they help each other. They build each other. Oh. Nah, yeah. I, He's not even been cynical about his mate for a cheap <laughs> laugh, which I would have done at 24, which I would do at 44. You got a, you got a family and everything? That's That's nice, man. That's cool. I heard you got two kids, daughters. Two daughters, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. There's just like in sort of incredible, intense, like, but not enough to stop me being crazy. If anything, they promote craziness. Like what, kind, what kind of crazy? What are we talking about, though? Like, like what kind my of little craziness? daughter would sometimes go, fuck off! <laughs> like, she's three years old. And you're like, whoa! You can have arguments with her like an adult. Like, she's so, like, intense. The other one is so sort of adorable and cuddly Aww. and cute, the 18-month-year-old. And the one that's free just thinks that I work for her. Come here, Dad. Come on, let's do this now. And if you don't do what she wants, she goes, ah! She's like going to be awesome. Yeah, I she's going to be name? powerful. Mabel. 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 She's going to be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Mabel and That's Peggy, cool. my girls, they're very, very, yeah, they're beautiful, but it's put me into context. I recognize, all oh, right, I just facilitate for these people now. Well, Logan, this has been, I think, a lovely conversation. We've done 59 minutes and 12 seconds. Who knows where this will end up? Who knows where this will lead? But yeah, yeah I'm in your corner, although Thank I won't you. be much use in a literal corner other than like, well, be careful, mate, watch your chin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I need to hear that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's useful. Yeah, thanks.
thanks for having me on, man. Oh, thank you. For real, this was cool. fun. This was fun. Yeah, hopefully someone took a, an inkling of advice or something they can move forward in their life with. Yeah, it is loads because you're dealing with a very common thing. Everyone thinks that if they're successful, everyone thinks if they had a sort of a you know the world's most successful YouTube channel that everything would be okay. And look at you. There's been points where that in itself has been the thing that's brought you to crisis and despair and loneliness. Yeah. And you've been on a continual journey of reflection and you're on a continual journey of discovery. And that's all of us. So however we're doing it, we're all trying to find our pathway. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. You're doing well in that new terrain. I was thinking, like, it's like a territory, isn't it? The sort of the online world. It's like a physical territory. It's like countries, nations being discovered. And there you are, rampaging through them like Alexander the Great. Alexander's my middle name. All right. Named after that guy, <laughs> Logan Alexander Paul. Oh, there you go. Let's hit those CTAs. Hey, subscribe, like in the video. Oh, and my the God. It's so <laughs> professional. Do that show. What? Call to action. Wherever this ends up, make sure you subscribe to that channel. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's great. It's probably like it's probably watchable in some degree, in some capacity. So yeah, hit that subscribe button, like the video, and uh, you'll see Russell in the future. Thank so, you. Somewhere I'll be in the future, won't I? I'll probably, probably on my tw- probably on my Twitter. Your your blurbs come up on my Twitter. Ah. I watch all of them. You, you when you you'll, you'll take the little uh, snippets of your of your podcast, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you'll see I'll you'll see me there in the future, and probably other places too. Are you gonna act more? All right, then. What? <laughs> <laughs> I could act. I could do some acting. I've just done a film, actually. I've done a film in England. One okay, of those, cool. uh, Death on the Nile. You know, they, they made Murder on the Orient Express a couple yep. of years ago. Yep. Kenneth Branagh and Johnny yep. Depp and all that. Yep. But they've done another one of them, and I'm in that. Cool. So I've done a bit of acting. Cool, very cool. You going to do some acting? I think so. I'm going to get back into it. Yeah, we have a script. Uh, we have a script we're probably going to start pitching soon, me and my roommate. Um... Yeah, I want to get back into it. I've, I've, been, in, I've been in a handful of, uh, of, of films, actually. Mm. Um... So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, well done. Well, that was a fantastic podcast, wasn't it? Didn't you enjoy it? What a beautiful young man, a willingness to confront himself, brilliant communicator, and Logan Paul wasn't bad. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I'm going to go straight to hospital after this. Let me know what you thought of it on Instagram. Tag me at Russell Brand or tweet me at Rusty Rockets with the hashtag under the skin. You can also follow me on TikTok now at Russell Brand or LinkedIn, particularly as I'm now a person that um, you know hangs out with Logan Paul and new media superstars. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Remember, I'm coming to Australia, New Zealand and Canada with my new show, Recovery Live. Tickets are available right now. Go to RussellBrand.com or sign up to the mailing list as well. And you should also be going on to commune and doing that course to change your consciousness and bring about enlightenment in uh, your uh, you know brain mind beingness i don't know the words anymore thanks for listening to this podcast talk to you next week love you bye